this is a uh, New Year's message, sort of. And, um, you know, looking back at 2020, probably a lot of us would say, you know, that was a, a really challenging year. And we're hoping that 2021 is a bit nicer, maybe. It might be, or it might not be, but we can be sure that God will be faithful. This morning I want to talk about growing in an area of need that we had in, in 2020, and that we also have in 2021, and every year, really, and it's, it's growing in wisdom. Uh, we, as Christians, we have some huge responsibilities. Raising our children is a huge one, and probably if there's anything that just makes me shake my head and, and think I need wisdom, it's relating to my youngsters. But also we've got relating to each other in the church. Um, Colossians 3.16 says, Teach and admonish each other in all wisdom. And also in relating to unbelievers. Colossians also says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. And so as, um, as representatives of Jesus, we've got, we've got a lot on our shoulders. Um, it's a huge responsibility. And we want to be faithful. We want to do a good job for God's glory. And we need wisdom. And so how can we be growing in wisdom as we go into this new year? Hopefully making wise decisions in 2021. So I'm going to point us to uh, some answers, I think, to that question, how to grow in wisdom. The Bible does talk about this directly and indirectly. I've got seven, seven answers for seven points here that I've developed from, from uh, my reading of Scripture here. And I, again, probably not a complete list. But here are seven points for growing wiser this year. <clears throat> so the first one comes from Proverbs chapter two. If you can turn there, most of most of the scriptures this morning come come from Proverbs. So we'll be jumping kind of all over the place. And I'm reading from the ESV this morning, just so you know. So in Proverbs chapter two, describes a person who will grow in wisdom. If he has the following characteristics, so we need to look at these characteristics. Proverbs 2, starting at verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding. If you speak it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So I'll stop there. So what we see is a person here who will receive wisdom if he has an attentive ear and inclined heart. If he cries out for wisdom or insight and understanding, and hunted like a treasure. And my summary of that description is this man is a seeker. And if we're going to grow in wisdom, we need to first of all start there. We need to be seekers. 
the man of Proverbs 2 is not someone who assumes he has everything figured out. He doesn't expect everything to just kind of turn out with minimal effort. He doesn't hope that wisdom is just going to show up someday like an automatic bank deposit from the IRS. He's not so busy with life that he can't think about where he's headed or what really matters. This man is a seeker. And, and this is really where Pro, uh, not Robert, Solomon was at in First Kings chapter 3. Desperate and aware of his needs. And he said to God, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. And that's the kind of attitude, an awareness of our urgent need and willing to do something about it. We need to be seekers to start with. Number one, be a seeker. Number two, to grow in wisdom, we need to walk with wise people. So now jump to Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So there are two ways to go wrong here. One way is to walk alone, uh, on your own, not relating closely to people, just kind of isolated. You know, that's a disadvantage. Yes, you can learn from your own experience and get wiser that way, but it's slower and more difficult. So getting wiser faster is better. So don't walk alone, and don't walk with the wrong kind of people. That's the other way to get this wrong. Make sure your life is being influenced by wise people. And who are these wise people? Well, for us, they are mature fellow Christians. And they are people who don't just have life skills. They have the wisdom from above that James talks about, which has these attributes, pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial, sincere. So if you're, if you're looking for a wise person, look for these attributes. You know, humble and kind and gentle and peaceable. Put your spotlight on them because they either these have the right kind of wisdom. If you see a man who is a troublemaker, hard to get along with, um, harsh, critical, and rough, you, you don't let him be your, your role model. Okay, that, that he doesn't have the right kind of wisdom. Walk with wise people. Admire them be influenced by them, and learn from them. And this is one of the beautiful things about being part of a church family is the opportunity is there. It might take some work on your part, but the opportunity is there to walk with and learn from other wise people. I'll give you just a, a few cautions here. Most of these points, some of them, I'm going to have a few cautions to go along with each one. Here's a few cautions about choosing role models. One is, don't overlook the wise people who are close at hand. Because 
you know, we see them kind of going through life and, and we relate to them more closely. And maybe we're a little more aware of the fact that they're not perfect and maybe a little tarnished around the edges, you know. And, and um, well, they're not perfect, obviously. But I think you will benefit more from people that you can kind of see up close living life and who are wise than from other Christians who are kind of way off at a distance, distance and look very polished and put together and like they've kind of got all the answers and they're kind of on a pedestal out there. You know, because everybody looks better at a distance, right? So, so don't overlook the ones who are close to hand just because you can kind of see them the fact that they aren't perfect. Does that make any sense? I think you're going to benefit more from people that you can actually see living life and struggling along with the same kind of struggles you do. Uh, in a world of, of social media and Instagram and all and podcasts and all that stuff, it's easy to kind of get latched on to some kind of figures that are out there and remote. And I'm not saying don't benefit from them because you can learn from them too, definitely. But don't overlook the ones who are closer. Don't put anyone on a pedestal. That's another cause. And even wise people make mistakes. Don't get too bent out of shape if you see those. Everyone is still a work in progress. And the third cause, and I would I would say, is very confident people. Very confident people are not always very wise people. Uh, so put a high value on humility and transparency. And don't go looking for a role model because it's you can kind of be swayed and impressed by someone who's very confident, like he's got all the answers. Not always the same as being a wise person. Much easier to be confident than just to be wise. Third point for growing wisdom is to listen to wise advice. Proverbs 13.10. Okay, we're still in Proverbs 13, so this is just 10 verses back. By influence comes nothing but strife, but those who take advice, I'm sorry, but with those who take advice is wisdom. And then back another chapter, Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Sure enough, right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. And then going the other direction in Proverbs, all the way up to Proverbs chapter 19, we have verse 20, which says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. So I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you thought that, you thought that what you were doing was okay, but you decided just in case you would get some expert advice, and then you realized that what you were doing was going to be a mistake. And you're so glad that you actually talked to the experts. This has happened to me a few times. And, and recently, just about a week ago, we were on a trip. And the van started to misfire. Uh, I could tell it wasn't running right. Check engine light came on. I went and I stopped. I went into Walmart and grabbed um, uh, a uh, hyper tough, just a kind of Two you're looking for, hyper tough scanner, and uh, plugged it in, and sure enough, 
cylinder one was misfired. All right, so six-cylinder engine, I'm thinking five cylinders. You know, my the Volvo I used to have was only a five-cylinder, so I just basically downgraded my engine to five cylinders, right? So I thought, you know, I could probably just limp on home on this. But, you know, just to be sure, I was already talking to Lee some, so I, I asked him, well, what about this? What if I just drove and got home? seemed like that would be okay. Well, he said, no, you actually don't want to do that because all of that undigested fuel, he didn't use that word, but all that fuel that's not been burnt going into your exhaust is going to be hard on your catalytic converter. I don't know how, but it, it can damage your catalytic converter and then you can get into big trouble. So I'm glad I talked to him I could have really got myself worse off. So instead of just trying to limp home, uh, thanks to Lee's advice and I think the miraculous working of God, we got this problem fixed and made it. <coughs> so, um, seek out advice, not just in little areas like mechanics, but big areas. Serious issues that we're struggling with, sensitive issues that we may not really want to talk to people about. Seek out advice. Uh, doing that is an exercise in humility. It usually is an exercise in humility. It's a little lowering to admit that you need help, advice, input, especially if it's an area I found, especially if it's an area in which you do have some experience and think you should know the right thing to do. Sometimes it can be a little hard to take advice, especially in those areas. And then a few cautions on this point, which is the obvious one, that not all advice is good advice. And uh, if, you have, if you have made for yourself foolish companions and seek out their advice, you'll probably get some bad advice, just like Rehoboam did. And the other caution would be don't pick out people who will give you the advice you want to have rather than the advice you need. Uh, there's the advice you want to have and there's the advice you need, and they're not always the same thing. Okay, point number four, so that was three. Listen to wise advice. We're going to have seven points, so now we're about halfway through. Point number four is be open to correction. So this is similar to listening to advice, but harder. Proverbs chapter 9. One of the things I've noticed in Proverbs is that uh, the distribution of wisdom is not necessarily fair and balanced, and that the wise seem to keep getting wiser, and the foolish people don't. So, Proverbs 9, verse 8 says, Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. And, you know, that was exercise in futility. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. And then over in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. 
So if you want to be a wiser person, listen to correction. Accurate correction is very helpful, and even inaccurate correction can be sort of helpful. If you think it over, usually there's some things you can learn from it. But don't reject correction just because it wasn't packaged nicely. I think correction is a little like grapefruit, which I prefer grapefruit with a lot of brown sugar on top. That's the kind I like, and that's the kind of correction I would like. Lots of sugar to go along with it. But uh, even grapefruit without any sugar is still good for you. It's probably better for you. Okay, this is where the analogy is starting to break down a bit, but don't pay attention to that part. Uh, so even correction without, even grapefruit without any sugar is still good for you. Um, either way, if you can if you can swallow it, you can put it down. It's got vitamin C and fiber and all kinds of good stuff. So don't uh, don't throw it out just because it wasn't packaged well. Uh, a couple of cautions on this point: these are not about grapefruit. This is about correction. Ways in which we can fail to be open to correction. Uh, one way we can fail on this point is, this is hard, but it is to get so um, upset, emotional about it, that we fail to see that this can actually be a good thing for us. Uh, the advice I would like to be able to give to myself and hear myself is that, you know what? Uh, you are not a perfect person to start with. You weren't perfect, okay? And if you pay attention and accept this, you'll get closer to what you ought to be. And that's, that's a good thing. Uh, so, and, and when you're corrected, you can feel terrible. But if, if you're a Christian, you're not a terrible person. You're not terrible. But you weren't perfect either. You were work in progress. And uh, so... You want, by the grace of God, you will keep growing. Uh, so that's that's one caution. Don't throw it out just because it is so upsetting. Don't throw it out just because it wasn't packaged well. I already said that one. Uh, the third area, a caution here, is don't just find someone who will take your side and kind of counterbalance what you heard. Boy, that's easy to do, isn't it? Because it's I mean, the, the, the fastest way to feel better is to find someone who will tell you, you know, actually, don't listen to that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's wrong, and you're right. You're, you're actually right. And, boy, that, that feels a lot better. But we may feel better, but we're not really any better off. If that correction was accurate, we're not better off. And so, you want to feel better or you want to get better? <laughs> We need to listen to correction. Don't just find someone who will, who will tell you you were right. Find someone who can help you process it. That's, that's good. But don't find someone who will just help you dismiss it. If you want to have someone in your life, each of us needs this, someone in our life who can tell us, who won't, who won't always tell us what we want to hear. I hope each of you have somebody like that. Someone will tell you, will not always tell you what you want to hear. 
and then the other caution on this point is uh, you don't assume that all of reproof is correct. You know, it's not always going to be correct. Sometimes it's going to be way off. Usually there's something we can learn from even inaccurate reproof, but don't just assume it's correct. They might be, they might be totally wrong. But think it over, process it, pray about it, be open to correction. That's number four. Okay, number five is a simple one, is read the Bible. So there, there is a lot of self-help material out there, tons of it. And probably a lot of it is pretty good. Uh, how to win friends and influence people. I don't think I actually read that one. Atomic Habits, Make Your Bed. Colleen knows I haven't read that one. There's, there's just a lot of advice out there, and probably a lot of it is, is pretty good. Probably a lot of it is not so good. But the best advice, the best training, the best correction you will get is by carefully reading the Bible and looking to apply it to your life, believing that it is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Psalms 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is pure, making wise the simple. And so as we read, um, we want to read with a Proverbs 2 kind of attitude. Don't try not to read mechanically. You want to be, uh, you want to have that heart of seeking, seeking wisdom, a near attentive to wisdom and a heart inclined to understanding. So if you want to get wiser this year, don't skip on when it comes to reading your Bible. One of my goals for this year is to um, is to try to make turn every day into a Bible sandwich. Which means start off in the morning with some Bible reading and end the day with some Bible reading, right? I think that's probably a good thing. Not necessarily. So that's, that's one of my goals. You can check up with me on that and see if I actually follow through with it. That's point number five, read the Bible. Point number six is ask God for wisdom. Pray for it. So you, you probably knew this one was going to be on the list. This is from James chapter one. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. He gives generously to all without reproach. It will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And I don't really know how God will specifically answer this prayer for you. I don't know if He will give you wisdom um, in a miraculous sort of way like He gave to Solomon. I think often God gives us wisdom through the, through the wise counsel of others, through reading His Word, and through life experiences. Maybe He's going to teach us more than than just uh, hand it over sometimes. But we do need to be praying for wisdom. And my caution on this point is don't do this one all by itself and, and leave out all the other points we've covered so far because 
You might think this is the easiest one. I'll just pray for wisdom. But if you're not, if you're not uh, reading your Bible, if you're too proud to listen to advice or accept correction, and too lazy to study God's word or form relationships with wise people, I don't really think it's fair to expect that God will give us some kind of heavenly software update. It'll just make us wiser. But we do want to pray about it. Pray, pray for wisdom. Point number six. Point number seven is to fear and trust God. So here are a few verses related to the fear of the Lord. You don't have to turn to these. Job 28, 28. Should be an easy one to remember. 28, 28. Yeah, that's coming up in seven years. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And now, just throw this one in here. This is a prophecy about the Messiah, and it's in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And the fear of the Lord shall rest upon him, the fear of wisdom and understanding, the fear of counsel and might, the fear of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So Jesus himself came in the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. So what is this fear of the Lord? It's it's not being scared of God in the sense that we're scared of something that is out to get us and can't be trusted. Now, that's obviously not the relationship Jesus had with his Father, and, and we shouldn't either. It's, uh, it is described often as a deep reverence and an awe of who God is. In one of the ways I think about it in my mind, maybe this is too simplistic, is just taking God very Seriously, because he is the Almighty Creator and the ultimate Judge. But it shouldn't be producing insecurity and, and terror in our hearts. It produces, in fact, actually produces security because God is good and trustworthy. Proverbs fourteen twenty six says, "In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge." Now I want to turn to Proverbs 3, still talking about fearing and trusting God. And Proverbs 3 really marries these two concepts together. And I'll just read verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So a few comments on these verses. One is that um, being wise in your own eyes is obviously an obstacle when it comes to growing in fear of the Lord and wisdom. And then you'll see... Trust and fear really should go together. Trust the Lord, fear the Lord. We fear Him, but we also trust Him completely. And this, what this causes is an acknowledgement of God in every area of our life. Now, there shouldn't be an area of our life that is off limits to God. And, you know, 
This is mine, and you can get it. And as we yield our way to God, the promise is that He will give us, make straight paths for us, or direct your ways, as far as the translation we're more familiar with, direct your paths. And that's, that's a really good thing. We want straight paths from God. We want God to be doing road work on our future. And, and as I think about fearing and trusting God, I don't have any cautions in this area, but I have some applications. And just take God seriously and acknowledge Him in all of your, all parts of your life. Surrender them to God. And that surrender will produce a lot of wise decisions in 2021. So, we need wisdom for 2021. And when it comes to growing in wisdom, here's seven areas that I see the Bible teaching us. One is to be a seeker, to walk with wise people, listen to wise advice, be open to correction, read the Bible, ask God for wisdom, fear and trust God above all. I'm sure there are more more points that we could look at and we could discuss about each of these points. But if we're growing in these areas, I think we're in good shape, pretty good shape for this next year. But the closing reflection I would like to leave you is just that it's wonderful that God is the ultimate in wisdom. I mean, He has it all. He is perfectly wise. And he knows and understands everything. He has not made any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes in 2020. All of us made lots of mistakes in 2020. He didn't make any mistakes in putting us through that. He didn't make any mistakes in how he made us, the family he put us in. God did not, is ultimately wise and does not make mistakes. Romans 11:33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. And so, I'm, I'm so glad that even when our years may not go the way we would have liked them to, we don't have to worry that God has had a lapse of judgment and that we can trust Him as we go into this new year. God bless you.